Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Mama. Right now, we want to hear more. Lift your hands above your head. Clap those hands with a joyful shout. Dr. Amen Damina. Whoa. Glory. I tell you, it's happening in this place. Lift your right hands above your head. Father, we rejoice that this morning we are fellowshipping again in the light. We walk in the light even as you are in the light. And we rejoice that the entrance of your word give it light. So I decree that this morning revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. We decree that bodies and yokes are totally destroyed. By the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. We rejoice that we're going to take the nations, take our cities, take our communities and shine this light like never before. So we give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. This is the last day of homecoming 2022. Whoa. Glory. Grab your pen and notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Let's get in the world. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service, wherever you're watching us this morning, by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media community, brothers and sisters online. We want you to know we love you. We're glad to have all of you in the service. Do me the favor, share the video, like the video, and also like our, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and make sure you engage in the course of the service service let's get this word around the nations of the earth we also want to welcome the radio audience in Ibom state wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice I'd like you to call a friend a loved one ask them to tune to this radio station right now life is flowing through the airwaves all our campuses around the world as you celebrate all over the world our homecoming today is the last day we love you and we're glad that you are all part of this great homecoming 2022 i look forward to seeing all of you physically here in 2023 homecoming i didn't hear a powerful amen all right let's get in the word you know our church is an apostolic house an apostolic house is a house that is given to prayer and the word period so we are not praying to while away time we are not praying to wait for the get for the guest speaker we are praying because that's our dna for ministry prayer we give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the world. Alright, so that's important. Now, we've been examining, you know, the true worship of God. The true worship of God. Look at it again. Let's begin from where we stopped on Friday. Matthew, I mean, John chapter 4, verse 19. Let me begin from 19 this morning. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Next verse. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Next verse. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me the hour cometh, when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. 
Next verse. You worship, you know not what. For we, we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews or the Savior is a Jew. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshippers, the proskonitis, shall proskonio the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to proskonio him, such to worship him. Then we traveled a bit. We took time to establish that worship is not a song. Worship is the nature of the believer. The believer is born again a true worshiper. Because the believer is born of the spirit. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And worship is in spirit and in truth. Meaning that worship is in the DNA of the believer as a worshiper. That means therefore that worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, the lifestyle of the believer. That is how we live. Walking in the spirit is worship. And then we took time to also establish in Matthew chapter 4 verse number 9, the temptation of Jesus. Jesus now brought a new reality into this. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou will fall down and worship me. Look at Jesus' answer in verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So Jesus brought a new reality into the word worship, which is service. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Upon his resurrection, he now gave a mandate of service. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore, go ye, go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In verse 19, a word stands out there, make disciples. Keyword, make disciples, a phrase that refers to making people students. Go and make people students. As we leave this great homecoming, everybody is on a mission to make people students. The word matheteo in the Greek, M-A-T-H-E-T-E-U-O, which means a process of training. Matheteo or a process of enlisting someone into being a student. A process of training or a process of enlisting someone into being a student. Then we have the word mathethes. M-A-T-H-E-T-I-S. Mathethes. Where you have a student or a pupil or a learner. In other words, the things of the faith are so unique. That no matter what nation you are, you learn of it. The things of the faith are so unique that you have to learn of it. So the first thing is, the Christian faith is believed and received. The Christian faith is believed and received. Mark sixteen fifteen, Going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. Next verse. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
But he that believeth not shall be damned. The preaching is to show that it is believed and received. Where you have the word keruso, preaching. And then out of keruso, you have the word kerugma, a specific information. The gospel is a specific information. The word preach, Luke chapter 24 verse 17. Luke chapter 24 verse number 17. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad on the way to Emmaus? And at the end of it, give me verse 47, 47 for time. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. But then the element of Matthew 28, 19 is to make people to learn. To make people to learn. You have the word matathes from another word montano. Montano. Montano is the process of learning in school. The process of learning in school. Or the process of adopting things by comprehension. The process of adopting things by comprehension in other words the faith is not an excitement the faith of the lord jesus is not a feeling or an emotional high or low one of the things a respected bible teacher once said not too long ago he said it's interesting that many people who are celebrated because they are celebrated because they build their theology on experience. They are celebrated because they build their theology on experiences. They, oh, I feel good. God did this for me. And that is what they refer to as the faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus cannot be built on your experiences. The faith of the Lord Jesus cannot be built on your experiences. So that's why Jesus said, make disciples where you have to learn, where you have to comprehend what is in Christ Jesus. Make disciples where you have to learn, where you have to comprehend what is in Christ Jesus. So in the process of that, making of disciples, that means... Like we said, there will be a learning. Very key. There will be a learning. Let me quickly mention this. So that at the back of your mind, you will think along. The phrase, full-time ministry. The phrase, full-time ministry, is a misnomer. Because the phrase, full-time ministry, rather refers to the commitment in discipleship. That phrase... Full-time ministry refers to the commitment in discipleship. It is not an extra to Christianity. It's not a special breed of people that are called to do full-time ministry. Full-time ministry is actually the life of the disciple of Christ. If you are a disciple of Christ, you are a full-time minister. It's not a calling for a special class of people who went on a mountain 
or who saw a vision or who were standing on a world map with an open Bible. No. Full-time ministry. Now, you must remember that visions and dreams are a product of a man's doctrinal conviction. Visions and dreams are a product of a man's doctrinal persuasion. So therefore, you can't bank on visions and dreams. Because a man's doctrine can be totally off the road and he will see visions in that direction. So therefore, that term full-time ministry is the lifestyle of the disciple of Christ. It's not you know, it's not now I'm born again and I decide somewhere along the line to answer the call of God and the call of God now requires that I stop being a lawyer, I stop being an engineer, I stop working in government, I stop being a businessman, I have to resign from being a trader, I have to resign from working in the seaport and dedicate my life fully to the service of Jesus. Everyone born of God is called to serve Jesus with all of his life. So every child of God is in full-time ministry. There is no part-time call of God in Christianity. Nobody is called part-time. All of us are called full-time. That's why it's a misnomer to have a special group of people in the body of Christ called full-time ministers. It shows we don't even understand the term. Because full-time ministry is the lifestyle of the disciple of Jesus. Now, it's important because the essence of discipleship, the essence of discipleship is to focus on Christ above all else. The essence of discipleship is to focus on Christ above all else. So the term becomes a misnomer because... It's like tautology. Full-time ministry as though there is part-time ministry. Ministry itself is full-time. So full-time rather is the characteristic of ministry. Full-time is the characteristic of ministry. And ministry is what a disciple does. Ministry is what a disciple does. That's why in Luke chapter 9 verse 62, please put it up. Let me just read that. Luke chapter 9 verse number 62. And Jesus said unto him, no man, can somebody shout no man? Touch your neighbor, just elbow your neighbor a little bit. Don't make it hard, make it soft. Elbow your neighbor a bit, say no man, including you. No man having put his hand to the plow, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He didn't say is fit for ministry. So the entire operation of the kingdom of God is full time. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now you must realize the, the circumstance in which Jesus made this statement. He called some people to follow him. And there were three of them. One said, I want to follow you. He said, the birds have their nests. Foxes have their holes. But the son of man has nowhere to lay. He said, that means if you want to follow me, it's not going to be rosy. It's not going to be smooth. 
The second person came to him. I want to follow you. But my father is dead. Let me go and bury my father first. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Unemotional, no sentiments. If you want to bury, that is, if your father's burial supersede following me, you are not fit to follow me. But if following me supersede your father's burial, let the dead bury their dead. Let's go. Jesus is establishing the essence of discipleship, which is making him number one above all else. The third person now came and said to Jesus, I want to go and tell my mommy and daddy, mommy's girl and daddy's boy. I want to go and tell my mommy and daddy that I want to follow you. Then he now said, no man having put his hand to the plow has the opportunity to take permission from daddy and mommy. He's not fit. Because the essence of discipleship is full-time commitment to Christ. That's the essence of discipleship. Every child of God is a disciple. Because they say learning. You can't be, you can't grow spiritually without the learning. And God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So if you're going to come to the knowledge of the truth, automatically you are a disciple. And as a disciple, the essence of discipleship is to serve Jesus above everything else, which is full time. Am I teaching good? Full time. Please stay with me. That's why when he was done with the three, after dealing with them in chapter, in chapter, in chapter, in this chapter, we just looked at chapter nine. In chapter 10, verse one, look at the thing that followed that context. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, apart from these three. He appointed other 70 also. And send them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. He now picked 70. Who are these 70? These 70 that he appointed are those that pass the test of discipleship. These are those out of the crowd that pass the test of discipleship. That's not a test for salvation. It's a test for growth. The test of discipleship is a test for ministry. The test of discipleship is a test for serving Jesus. You can be saved and not serve. But if you are saved and growing, spiritual growth is resulted in service. You can be growing spiritually and not serving. So it becomes a misnomer that someone will say that I have a full-time ministry. Are you a disciple? Yes. It should not be specified. Once you are a disciple, full-time ministry is your ministry. Once you are a disciple, and this is very important because the fact that you know, a misinformation that lasted for too long does not validate it. Doesn't validate it. Now, it's important also to take note. When we say workers, church workers, church workers, that is also a misnomer. Church workers. Even though we have to use it in this present time, 
But the question is, who then is a worker? The worker now will be the guy who decides to serve. A church worker is a believer who has understood that I am saved to serve the purpose of God. That's a church worker. Which means, therefore, there should be no special group of people called church workers. Every member of the church ought to be a worker, except your salvation is still in question. Because the essence for salvation, like we saw, is to serve. To serve the purpose of God. A saved man is a worshiper. And worship without service is hypocrisy. The proof of worship is service. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall thou serve. So who then is not serving? Because it should naturally flow that when you are saved, as you are saved, the service of Christ to you prompts you to serve his body. The way Christ served you by saving you. He served you by offering his life. He served you by going through all he went through. And it didn't end there. He served you by ensuring that all that he suffered for is effected in your life. A realization of that naturally should commit you also to serve the brethren. You cannot have Jesus. I mean Jesus the risen Lord inside you and not serve. Who do you have inside you who reflect in what you do in the body? If it is Christ, the servant of all, service for you will be natural. If it is Christ, the servant of all, serving the purpose of God for you will not require additional prayer. But if it is something else, you will want to be served. If it is something else, you will wait and look for how everybody will worship you. But if it is the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of a servant, is the spirit of service. Except you are not saved by Jesus Christ. If I'm teaching, can I have a good amen? Please, this is so important. Because the moment that you learn of Christ. You cannot learn of Christ and not learn of his servanthood. You cannot learn of Christ and not learn of his servanthood. So even asking you to join the working force on his own, it's, you know, it's not, it's not normal. It's not right. Because it may deviate, it deviate you from the fruit of discipleship. Because the fruit of discipleship is service. That's the fruit. That's the fruit. If you are not serving, you are not a disciple. If you are not a disciple, it means you have not learned of Christ. If you have not learned of Christ, it may well also be that you are not saved by Christ. These are serious issues. We saw the friends of Jesus, right? The friends of Jesus serve his purpose. Those are the friends of Jesus. Jesus made it very clear. The son of man came not 
to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Now, you remember the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, I pray, let my son sit on your left and on your right. Jesus said, ah, it is not given to me to decide who will sit on my left and on my right. But if they can take the baptism wherewith I am baptized, maybe. And if they can take the suffering wherewith I suffer them, maybe. And she said, yes, they can. He said, well, they may be able to, but he that will be chief among you must first of all be a servant. Because that is the way your Lord became chief by serving. He laid down his life. He poured out his soul and offering. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted. So the way to greatness in fact is not even the way. Greatness in the kingdom is service. Greatness in the kingdom is service. Please, this is very important. Greatness in the kingdom is service. He that will be great among you will be the one who serves. He uses the word dolus in the Greek, D-O-U-L-O-S, one who gives off his freedom for the other, dolus. One who gives up his freedom for the order. In Matthew 20, 28, Matthew chapter 20, verse number 28. <clears throat> Somebody getting blessed? Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Talking about himself. He uses the word there, daikonio. A word used for one that serves. Daikonio. It's used 37 times. And it's a word used for angels and their service. Daikonio. We can call the angel who serves. An angel who waits on instruction. Just like the angels who ministered to Jesus at the end of that temptation in Matthew chapter 4. And precisely, if we're going to observe, that word diconio is used in Acts chapter 6 experience. Put it up for me, Acts chapter 6 verse 1, the early church. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Next verse. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Next verse. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's apostolic. Prayer and the ministry of the word. That's the definition of ministry. Prayer and the ministry of the word. Now the word business there is the word need. It doesn't mean business like selling and buying. Okay, the business is need actually in the Greek. So, there were seven among whom was Philip and Stephen because they were the ones chosen. 
Notice. By the time you now get to 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Put it up for me. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 and 2. Brother Paul now admonishing Timothy said, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desired a good title. Huh? He desired a choir uniform with a cross. Leave all those ceremonial things. Let's do the work. If I wanted the title of a bishop, I would have been a bishop 20, 25 years ago. 20, 25 years ago. When the archbishop in the house are sent to this church, they came and announced it and set up a committee for my consecration. If I wanted it, that's when I would have taken it. They said I didn't even need to spend because then you spend for it. They said they have decided in the college of bishops, including the bishops from the UK, the bishops from America, all of them have raised money to do it for me. All they want for me to do is agree. And they didn't even tell me. They came and announced it. After service, I went to the hotel and I, I knelt down. I said, I am disqualified for that title. It won't work. My blood is too hot. The cup will fall out. The gown will enter soup. Because I'm not a normal person. I beg you. That's how they took the title back. We are not here for title. There is a mission on the earth. Blessed to be a blessing until all the families of the earth, there's work to be done. You can't be walking and carrying title. Choose which one. And most people I know who took that title, their ministry died once they took that title. Their fire went down. Their commitment went down. They started chasing things that are not ministry. Many I know are distracted. They miss the purpose of God for their lives. Carrying gown with cross. Cross that they alone cannot carry. People have to be employed to carry it and follow them around. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Bishopric is not a title. Bishopric is not a regalia. Bishopric is not a cross. Bishopric is work. Bishopric is work. Bishopric is work. He desired a good work. That's why in this ministry, we have zero tolerance for titles. It's not important to us. Call me brother, call me Abel, give me space, let me walk. Who cares? Desired a good work. Look at what brother Paul will say to Timothy, second verse. Because Timothy was a bishop. I hope you know that. He was a bishop. And Paul was telling him, this title you are carrying is work. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Vigilant. Sober. Of good behavior. Giving to hospitality. The outstanding quality of a bishop. Up to teach. Able to teach. Able to teach. If that is going to be critically looked into, many people that are carrying the bishop of title are not fit to even come close to the title. He 
he must be up to teach. Able to teach. Then brother Paul now got to verse 8. Pay attention. Verse 8. First Timothy 3.8. I love the way he emphasized in verse 8. Likewise. Must the deacons. Those called deacons in church. Okay? Must the deacons be grave. Not double tongued. Not giving too much wine. I didn't say anything. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Before you say little wine, that word much is not English much. So you go and start drinking now and say, it's just, they say not much wine, so we can take little wine. The word much has to be studied. It's not English much. Just like he says, be slow to anger. The slow is not English slow. Slow to anger is no anger. So this much is not your much. Not giving to wine. Not greedy or filthy lucre. Next verse. Kabayada. A dickin. A diaconos in church must hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That means he must understand sound doctrine. For you to be an usher, you must understand sound doctrine so that if a new person comes to church and wants to start with questions, you are already doing ask the counselor in absentia of me because everybody protocol ushers Listen carefully. He's talking about diaconos. He's not talking about bishop. He talked about bishop first. Then he came to deacons. Deacons are those that hold camera. They are those that carry, you know, um, whatever needs to be carried. There are people that arrange cars. He says they must hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. That is, they must be worded. Can you see that there is no room for anybody in the body of Christ to be ignorant? There is no room. Holding the mystery of the faith. Now, that word, that word they are digging is a group of people who serve today we can call assistant pastor. Those who assist the pastor. Assisting the pastor in leadership. Look at something else. The only difference between the bishop and the deacon is that the bishop has ability to teach. The deacon is not wholly given to teaching, but has a grasp of doctrine. That's the only difference. All the demands are the same. The only difference is that the bishop must be skillful in teaching. Because he's the one teaching all the time. While the assistants may not teach well, but they understand doctrine enough to explain to anybody. Teaching good. And then of course the bishop must have the ability to govern. To govern the people. But the point is, until a man is asked to teach, he must be found faithful in all things. So that's why Paul will say in the second book of Timothy, Chapter 2, verse 2. He says, the things you have heard of me, among many witnesses, the same. 
Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Shall be able to teach others also. The things you have learned of me. Faithful men. Who are faithful men? Faithful men are those who are already serving. Commit to those who are already serving. And he told you their requirements in First Timothy 3. Because one of the ingredients about them is that they hold the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Then look at verse 10, what he says about this group of people called deacons. Therefore, First Timothy 2.10. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 10. But which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Next verse. Go back to verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness. That's not what I am looking for. First Timothy 3.10, not 2. You confuse me with your second Timothy 2. And let this also first be proved. So that means there is a proving phase. There's a phase for proving people. Let this also first be proved. Then when they have passed the test, let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. There's a proving phase. And many people are impatient. They don't want to go through that phase of being proven. They just want to jump in. A proving stage. Once we prove, then they can now use the office. Being found blameless. Look at verse 13 of that First Timothy 3. For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. They that have used the office well. So in verse 9, verse 10, verse 13, he shows that there are certain men also in the church who will be proven to be faithful. And by the time you get to Second Timothy 2, 2, he now said, those men that are proving to be faithful, faithful where? They have held the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. You see, they are proven well and found blameless. In verse 13, they have used the office well and they have purchased to themselves, they have purchased they have purchased. It's not a gift. It's not freely given. They have earned it. The, 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 to themselves, a degree of the boldness of the faith which is found in Christ Jesus. So the deacon, therefore, will be that brother, that sister in the church, who is being proven to see whether they will serve. Who is being proven you came in newly, you're learning doctrine, and you have started serving. That's a proving stage. Because the first thing you need to realize is that ministry 
is service. Can we all say it very loud? Ministry is service. Let the radio audience hear you. Let the social media people hear you on my behalf. So ministry is not taking pictures and putting on Facebook with a microphone and Bible open before you. Ministry is not sitting in front. Even though as culture we honor those who labor among us by putting them in front. But they are not sitting in front as ministry. They are sitting in front as honor. Honor for the ministry that they are doing. Some people just like front seat, even if they are doing no ministry. And that's why people will fight over front seat. Because when a man does not know what God called him to do, Satan will give him what to do. They fight over front seat. Some people even leave church for not giving them front seat. Why are you looking at me like that? You know how long I've been pastoring? They didn't give me front seat. I leave this church. Let me go to where they will give me front seat. Front seat can be anywhere. The seat at the back can become front seat. Once I move to the back with my microphone. Then all of you here are the back seat. <laughs> Ministry is not the kind of car you drive. So don't wait to buy a good car before you enter ministry. It means you don't, you don't understand ministry. Ministry is not how popular you are. Ministry is service. Please write it in capital letters. Ministry is service. That is why you compromise ministry the moment you are in it for show. Once you are in it for show, you will no more be faithful to the message. The moment ministry to you is not a singular devotion to Christ, you will give it your own definition. It becomes something you want to take pictures all over and just be displaying. And if that becomes the reason why you are serving, you are no longer serving that one person. You are serving yourself. Ministry is not, I want a position. It's not title. It's not where you sit. It's not where you don't sit. Ministry is not age. Ministry is not acquisition of things. Ministry is service. Service. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister. This is Jesus that should have sat on a throne and asked everybody to serve him and it will be in order. He is God. But stripped himself of all dignity. Took the towel. Knelt down and began to serve. And if his spirit is in you, it will replicate the same, the same manifestation. 
He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him what? The form of a servant and died what kind of death? The death of the cross. Three things. Number one, you must develop a personal life, which is what we call the anointing within. And developing it will have to be with your personal regimen, your devotion, your time of personal prayer, your time of personal Bible study. And you know the kind of thing we did when we were here in homecoming? Where every morning we came in here and spent hours reading through the book and digesting the books doctrinally. That should be part of your personal dedication at home. Every book we write in this ministry is your textbook for spiritual growth. So you should have all the books lined up and you should have a, a target. You should have all my books lined up. And you should read them and target when to finish each one. There are about 35 books now. 35, they are there in the shelf. Before you come for next homecoming, there will be 40 something. Because I know you are following me bumper to bumper. I know you are reading as I am writing. And we're going to write more for you to read. Whereby when you read, you will understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Till I come, give attendance to reading. Jesus, time after time, will say to them, have you not read Anaginosko? Which means the culture of a believer cannot preclude reading. It must include reading. Reading is part of your discipline. God is a God of knowledge. God is a God of knowledge. You give yourself to study. Give yourself to study. Give yourself to reading. No discipline is as refreshing as reading. When you read, you come alive. When you, you, when you read, your view of life is different. When you start reading, you pity yourself for the years you didn't read. When you start reading, it looks like that is when you came alive. Like when you were not reading, you were in the grave. Reading wakes you up to the realities of life. You may not travel anywhere in life. If you read well, you can describe what happens all over the world without physically being there more than somebody that has been there. They said, if you spend, if you spend time reading on your own, even without going to school, after many years, they can take your worth of reading and give you degrees for it. That's why some people didn't go to school, read at home and pass jam, pass GCE. Personal discipline. You don't know how stale you are in your mind till you engage in reading for a while. Then you pity yourself for the years you didn't read. Some of you have not read one book in three months. Three months. Your brain is sleeping. You keep your brain alive by reading. I'm teaching good. That's why if you have not read for long, the day you start reading, you are lazy. Your brain is still waking up because it has been in slumber. 
And what you don't know in your mind, you will not be able to digest it in your understanding to walk in its reality. Somebody say reading. That's why a man of God cannot afford to be ignorant. Bible says the law should be demanded from the mouth of the priest. Number two, the anointing upon service. That is how to remain aglow, to stay on fire, to be fervent. The anointing upon. We took time to do some work on that. Number three, which is the last one, is the spirit amongst believers. Anointing within, anointing upon the spirit amongst believers. That is for effectiveness. In Numbers 11, when Moses was to have people to serve with him, in 11 verse 16 of Numbers, can you put it up for me quickly? Numbers 11 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And next verse, and... I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the spirit which is upon, the spirit upon. I will not take the spirit within, I will take the spirit upon you, and will put it upon them. They shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. I will take the spirit upon you, the unction for service. I will put it on them. So that all of you can carry the mandate on a corporate level for the mandate to find expression all over the world. One man alone cannot fulfill the plan of God for his life. God has so crafted his plan. That nobody alone can fulfill it because there is no room for selfishness in following the plan of God. So God made sure that not one person on earth can fulfill his plan alone. You need people. You need people. Our assemblage is why we are strong. Is why we are strong. It's easy to break, to break a broomstick, but it's not easy to break a bunch of broomsticks. The more we are together, the more it is impossible for Satan to make noise where we are. The more divided, the easier. So that is why it's a corporate vision. One house, one mandate, one message, one focus. I will take the spirit that is upon you, Moses. And he didn't say, I will give all of you spirit. Eh, eh, there will be division. I will take the spirit upon the leader and put it on other leaders so that all of you are part of one. Look at what all our campus coordinators are doing all over the world. If I was alone, I wouldn't be able to do it. If I was even alone, I wouldn't be able to pastor Uyo, pastor Abak, pastor Kalaba, pastor Abuja, pastor, no. God never designed it so to be. 
God raises a man and raises men and puts on them a collective responsibility for a divine assignment. All of us. All of us. Glory to God. All of us, including those that are not here. So important. When Satan wants to destroy, using it loosely, the word destroy. When he wants to destroy a Christian, he takes him away from fellowship. Satan doesn't hit fast. He plays a long game. He takes time to calculate, calculate, calculate. Satan is very patient. He takes time to calculate, calculate, calculate. Then he begins to, 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 to create a detour for you. A detour. Then he brings distractions. Distractions. Then he creates offenses. Pockets of offenses. And he sees that you are taking the offense. Then he makes the detour. Gets, you know, wider. Wider. Then he makes you feel you are still part of us. He does not allow you to realize that you are already walking on a path that is no more with us. Because he makes it such that he is lie. When you are already going, you are not aware. He creates more offenses. More offenses. And he makes the offenses look legitimate. If you are not getting persuaded, he will create a company of offended people. He will bring them around you to fertilize your offense. And when they come around, they will fertilize. They will take a small thing that you will have ordinarily ignored and fertilize it so it becomes blown. Then when you absorb it, the detour gets wider. Then the, when you hear somebody say, I leave this church, it's not that day he left. His heart left long ago. He was just pretending. His body only followed where his heart has been. He was no more with us. And Satan uses offenses. He uses distractions. A man whose eyes are focused on the mission will not be offended. It's when David leaves battlefield and stays at home and relaxes in the balcony that he will see Bathsheba batting naked. He will have the time to say, go and bring her for me. Because he's supposed to be in the battle with other soldiers. When you leave your place of assignment, Satan can use you for anything. God's device to secure your life is to plant you in a mandate so your focus stays on it. He plants you in a mandate. He plants you in an assignment. His cheapest way of getting you off the track is distraction, offenses, bitterness, and then a colony of people offended to come and fertilize because you have a common reason to assemble. You can now assemble around offense. And then you help each other to wound yourselves more. Because as all of you are talking about it, the wound is increasing. Until the wound cannot be cured. So even when you leave us, you are broken. Even when you join another church, you are not going there to help. You are going there to attract wounded people like you. To wound more. 
You never heal. That's why most people that live with offenses never recover. They, they stay because you know that kind of wound that, that used to get some people in the village. The wound, the cancer of the leg, it keeps expanding. When you are treating it, it is increasing. Till the leg is taken off. He that isolates himself rages against all judgment. Listen, once you are in offense, you will never see what God is doing. Never. You will never. Offense is Satan's strategy to deafen you, make you insensitive to what God is doing. It's a very serious matter. In our campuses, zero tolerance for offense. Anywhere we are as citizens, you must not help Satan's mission by subscribing to the camp of offenses. You know what the Bible says? Where there is offense, where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Every. Anything can happen where there is offense. Anything. You can suddenly become vengeful. You can suddenly become a blackmailer. You can suddenly become anything in the hands of Satan. Once you are in offense, Satan can use you to pull down what you build. You yourself. He won't use somebody. He will use you because you know where you kept the foundation stones. Men in offense build nothing from the moment offense begins. Rather, they pull down everything. Kabada. You know, John the Baptist wanted to pull Jesus down. You know he wanted to. He said, this is John the Baptist. Who was the major voice? This is the Lamb of God. Behold him. That taketh away the sins of the world. Hear ye him. John the Baptist entered the fence. Go and ask him. Is he the one? Or should we look for another? He's pulling down what he built. If Jesus' ministry relied on John, that would have been the closure of that ministry. When you are in offense, you pull down what you build. Because in offense, nothing is of value to you anymore. When you are in offense, you are on the floor. And a man on the floor fears no falling. He's not afraid of falling. He's already on the floor after all. Offenses. That's why Jesus would say, blessed is he that is not offended in me. Things that offend us are not worth it. They are not worth it too. A brother didn't greet me. They didn't give me a seat in front. They didn't allow me to park where VIP park. When I was leaving church, they were giving people rice I didn't get. They are segregated. Things that mean nothing will take away things that mean everything. The foolishness of offense. You can't afford it. We can't afford it here in the headquarters. You can't afford it in the campuses. Offense is an infection and contagious. Offense is contagious. Once one man is offended and you leave him, and you leave him, 
he will start looking for how to get more people to be offended. He will be looking for. How far? How did you see? You saw the way Papa was speaking. What do you think? Discipleship. In the wrong direction. Pimple discipleship. Irregular growth. You know, when Papa, before used to say something like this, there's a way he used to say it, but do you see the slant? No, you are not in the spirit now. He said, no, I don't understand. Didn't you see he's bringing in a disciple? You will think he's innocent. So you join him. How did you see the prayer meeting? There's no fire. If it's before that prayer, you will hear the whole place. The spirit, you know, Ichabod, you know that Ichabod? Ichabod. The glory has departed. Ichabod. I think we need to take, take time away from church because from outside we can pray better. When I don't work out with that. Listen, if you think offenses will never come to you, you deceive yourself. Jesus says offenses must surely come. But first of all, woe to him through whom they come. We cannot build a great fortress of the advancement of God's kingdom as long as we remain petty. In, 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 in Genesis 11, God said these people are one. Their language is one. This thing they have started to do, nothing can stop them. God acknowledged that nothing can stop them. Yet they were not believers. The only way you can stop them is scatter their language. Let them not understand what each other is saying. Then you can defeat them. One voice, one message, one mandate. The world is too small. This world is too small. We can run over this planet with this mandate. And even the priest will be obedient to the faith. Somebody is not shouting amen. I'm not hearing that amen at all. Say with me very loud, I refuse to be offended. Now it's easy to say that until the trial comes. Because sometimes offense takes you unawares. That's why you must surround people that are spirit filled. Who once you are speaking something that is offense related, they'll tell you, stop that nonsense. Uh, stop that nonsense. Close your eyes, let's bring them on, They flush it out. You can't afford to carry lukewarm people around you. Unserious people. When it's evangelism, they are not there. When it's prayer, they are not there. And they are your friends. You're already out now. Keep fire around you. Fire that will not allow you, even when you see the opportunity to misbehave, fire that will not allow you to misbehave. Company. They went back to their company. That's why God planted you in a campus. That's why God has planted you in a community. That's why God will take the solitary and bring them into a family. I give you shepherds according to my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass that when you are fed, you shall not lack. You shall not fear. You shall not be dismayed. 
God says, I will bring my sheep back into their fold. Am I teaching good? Satan can be at work in the minds of people that are not sensitive. Listen carefully. No amount of prayer can change a man who has made up his mind. No amount. That's why when people leave the church, I say, let's go and beg them to come back. It's a stupid exercise. If you use that energy to go for souls, it's a better investment. Once a man has made up his mind, even God cannot change it. Why will we come and beg you before, because you left? Did we beg you when you came? Get out! Within the week, Pastor Chris Onayika was telling me, one of his members came to him and said, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. He said, look, look. You're not the only one I'm sent to. You're not the only one I'm sent to. I'm sent to this world. If you leave, your absence will be of no relevance. And I'm not going to beg you. And I'm not going to send anybody to find out why you're leaving. But just know that you're not the only one I'm sent to. Have a good day. I said, that's brutal. He said, the brother is in church now. <laughs> he didn't go. He said, I just told him, you're not the only one now. See, 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 see. See the world. Seven billion people. One person lives and you are not sleeping. In a world of seven billion. After all the teaching, the things were poured into you. If you leave, it's deliberate. A man who has made up his mind, nothing can change it. They will give you flimsy excuses. They will tell you stories that don't connect because their mind is made up. And they will be feeling fly that you are even begging them for what they have decided that they will not do. The more you pay attention to offense, the bigger it gets. You need to know the importance of our gathering. Our gathering, both at the local, local levels in campuses and globally like this once a year, is to steer up and to keep you fresh. First Corinthians 14.25 Are you blessed this morning? 14.25 When we come together, it says, and those are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Look at how things can happen when we come together. Things. I mean, look at the things that we have enjoyed this past one week. How does it feel like? Does it feel like the online stuff? Can never be the same. Online, sorry, we are not talking to you. We are talking to us. Being physically together, nothing is like it. Online, there's a dimension to which you get it to. But when we are together, so even the online, if we gather as a group physically to watch online, that part of the online that is not on video, 
we have it among us. We pray together. We minister to one another. We build up one another. Because God, that's the other part. See, if God did not have a mission for our gathering, he would have allowed all of us to be online. After all, online you are at home. You can have tea and biscuit while watching. You can comfortably write the notes and be pausing. And even follow well. Together like this, you may not be able to get everything. But there's more that is caught than taught. There are things that have happened here. If you are at home, you will not be part of it. The morning study, the impartation sessions, and the fellowship we had after we signed off. Some of you even took church to the road. Is it true? You carried the service. You left here. You went on the main road. You occupied the road praying in tongues and fellowshipping in mysteries with one another. Am I communicating at all? You can't get that online. There is a fire that can only be found when we gather together. That's why if you're online, you don't belong to a campus. You don't know what you're missing till the day you join us. Then you, ah! And if you're in a nation where there's no campus, we can train you to start one. All you need is send an email to dramina@yahoo.com. I need a campus in my city. We will train you, work with you, start one. The nations will be lit by this gospel. That amen is still thinking. The nations. The nations. The nations. The nations will be taken over by the gospel of Christ. Somebody's not shouting a powerful amen. So you must write this down before I pray for you. Impartation will be done in the next service. Don't worry. That will be the final one before you leave. I don't want to give you an impartation that you will still come back with. I want to give you an impartation that you will go with. After that impartation, and Matthew returned in the power of the spirit. And Sophie returned in the power of the spirit. And Fola returned in the power of the spirit. And Frank returned in the power. Somebody shout, Holy Ghost! Yeah. Menash. He said, you shall go up to a hill where there is a company of prophets. You shall prophesy with them. Prophesy how? With so there is a wit. There is a wit. When we gather together, there is a wit. You prophesy with. We evangelize with. We pray with. We sing with. We minister with. And it says, and the spirit of God shall hit you as you are prophesying, and you shall be turned into another man. Listen, I prophesy. When you get back to your nations, you're going back another man. The man that came here is not the man that is going. The woman that came here is not the woman that is going. Those of us in New York, your community will know a new man has entered. If your amen is louder, receive, receive, receive. Walk to two, three people, tell them another man is going back. Another man. Another man is going back. Another woman is going back. My city shall not remain the same. My community will not recover. Another man and another man is going back.
Glory! Glory! Ah. Paul said, I long to see you. You are not hearing me. Paul was writing letters to the church here. To the church. The letters were good enough. After a while he said, uh-uh. no more later. I long to see you. Ayada. Every great man of God today is a product of meetings. I can remember in meetings where certain landmark things happen in my life and ministry. Every man is a product of the meetings or the meetings he didn't attend. There's something about meetings. It is called one faith. It is called mutual faith. When we come together, say, I long to see you. That I may impart some spiritual gifts to you. This is the end. You become established. You now preach the gospel at a level. You now read the Bible at a level. When you preach, it is at a level. When you minister, it is at a level. Because certain abilities that were lying dormant inside you have awoken. Somebody shout, I stare up myself. Honey had Bonke told me this story. He came here to you. He was in the meridian. I went to meet him. He gave me one and a half hour of his time. We sat down and we spoke. He wept that day because I reminded him some things. He wept after weeping. He now told me a story. He said, he said, Pastor Abel, let me let me tell you a story. I went to preach in one African country. I will tell you this story in second service. Because there are two stories. There are actually two stories. One story, second story. Sit down, write something. If I forget, shout Reinhard Bonke. I will remember. Write this one down. It means, therefore, I must develop a culture of honor for meetings. I must develop a culture of honor for meetings. Some of my sons in ministry came to this homecoming. Stayed one day. I said, Papa, I'm leaving tomorrow. I have a preaching engagement. They are jokers. I'm serious. If they are watching me now, you are the one I'm talking to. You know homecoming one year ahead. The only time you meet with me physically is in one year time. You didn't plan because you have no honor for meetings. If it, you need plenty money to come, you start saving. Small, 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 small. It's one year. The next time we meet like this will be August next year. You plan. You have your schedule. If you have to, if, them, if these meetings are that valuable to your spiritual development, you plan your vacation at this time. And you prayerfully prepare. So when the time comes, from the f- a day before, 
you have arrived. You have settled in. You have landed. You have started praying. Because these are meetings, you know that they are landmark encounters in your life for your ultimate fulfillment of your lifetime assignment. So to land here one night, it means all of us here are jokers. You are the only serious person. You say, I want to go for preaching. I'm preaching something. Preaching. You invite me to your church. I shut down everything, including my family and everything. I travel. I risk my life. Sometimes I fly planes I'm not sure of. But I'm sold out. I now come to your church. I stay two, three days. I preach for you morning, evening. Then the only time I ask you to come, you do one night, you have preaching, you are, you, are, you are a joker. Some of them don't know, I'm just looking at them. It's not everything we say. It's not everything. As you are all here, I'm marking all of you, I'm watching you. I'm marking your script quietly. It's not everything we say. You should be even grateful that I'm saying. You plan. You prepare. You prayerfully prepare. And if you pray ahead of time, those emergency things that used to come, your prayer will have taken care of them. At the time you just arrived, everything is smooth. I was going to Gombe to preach. Pastor Priska, you bought me the second ticket. We missed the first flight because they didn't announce. We didn't know that they had a boju boju way of flying. And we were in fellowship. We didn't know when they have announced. They didn't even announce because we didn't hear announcement. They just came and told the passengers, enter, enter, enter. So they entered and we only saw the plane taxi. So Pastor Priska said, no, 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 we must get another ticket. She bought another ticket. The second plane, I'm not even sure of it. I entered it and we flew. We went and we preached. The things we go through to preach. Then after I have taken my own busy time to come and minister and bless you. And I say, come for your own blessing. You're not telling me you're preaching somewhere. No problem. No problem. No problem. I know where you have placed me. I have seen how important I am. Maybe I'm overrating myself in your life. So I will downrate myself to that level where you have placed me. Your father say come. In fact, it's not every meeting your father should send for you. Once you just hear, father is having meeting. A responsible child comes home to say, but I hear there's a meeting, so I'm around. A proper child. A proper son of the home. He comes and takes charge. Because we have a meeting. He doesn't need to be specially invited. Because everybody is a product of meetings. He said, Jacob said, gather my sons together. That I may tell them what shall befall them in the last days. You don't miss meetings. There are meetings you don't meet. You don't miss. So you must develop a culture of honor for meetings. Be there on time. Be part of the worship. Be part of the prayer. Be in the morning session. Be in the evening sessions. You don't go to work late. Why should you come to church late? Are you normal? You are late to work. You will write quickly to your, M- your manager. I'm sorry, sir. I'm getting late. This is what happened. Uh, you'll be texting. 
But church, you come late and you enter looking like you are the Jew. Write this down. When you become independent, you will find out why the prodigal son had to return home. When you become independent, you will find out why the prodigal son had to return home. May we never be left alone to ourselves. Three things. Find your company. Do you know your company? Number three. When you find your company, tabernacle there. Number one. Find your company. Number two. Do you know your company? Number three. When you find your company, tabernacle there. When you find your company, settle in. Stay there. Number one, do you know your company? I mean, number one, find your company. Number two, do you know your company? Number three, when you find your company, tabernacle there. Stay in. And don't ever be found out. It can be risky. Stay there. Be rooted. Be grounded. Be established. Be a root downward. Bear fruit upward. Stay there. Our campuses will never be the same. Never. 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 Our campuses will never be the same. And our cities will never be the same. We are going to light the light of this message. In every man's world. I didn't hear your amen. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you this morning. Say God Turn your neighbor say neighbor. Neighbor. Do you know your company? Find your company. And when you find it, tabernacle there. Turn your neighbor say you are my company. We tabernacle together. The more we are together. The more we are together. You think that song is not anointed? The more we are together. Together. The more we are together. You know, when we are together, your problem becomes my problem. When we are together, your challenge becomes my challenge. When we are together, your victory becomes my victory. When, you know, togetherness. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It is like the precious ointment that flows from the head of Aaron to his best and to the skirt of his garment. Watch this. And there does the Lord command this blessing. It will rest forevermore. The more we are together, 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 the, the more we are together, together the, the happier we shall be. Father, thank you for your word this morning.
Thank you for your grace and thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for the love of God which is our bond of perfection. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Thank you Lord that revelation knowledge is growing big in our hearts. Thank you that this assignment that you have set before us, you've enabled us to carry it out. Our sufficiency is of God. You have made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter that kill it, but of the spirit that give it life. Father, we rejoice that it is you that is at work in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Father, we rejoice that the nations are open to us. As we carry this mandate to the nations of the earth, every man's world opens up to this message. In the name of Jesus, none of us shall be distracted. None of us shall be distracted. Our eyes on the ball. Our focus is not going to be distracted. In the name of Jesus, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Well, go ahead and let's rejoice for 30 seconds together. Is that a homecoming rejoicing? Glory, 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 glory. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Now listen, I want to take up the honor offering. But before I do that, last Sunday, I was supposed to take up an offering for myself. And I told you like I do every year, 30 days of glory, that I feel in my heart, I really shouldn't take that offering. But I want you to take that offering and add it to a sacrifice towards our second phase of project. We have got a lot of things we need to do within the next one year. A lot of things. And I'll be keeping you posted as we go because even this phase of money we are raising is not going to be enough for that project. But at least let's be moving. All right. So we wanted to sacrificially give towards this project. You know, and I told you that our budget is about $235,000. Okay, so some of you can give us $10,000, $5,000, $100, $1,000, you know, because most of the things we do are in dollars. Okay, Kingdom Life Network, we need to renew subscription for the next one year, and we pay one year ahead. All of that, there's quite a lot. Even our radio broadcasting, all kinds of things. So we want you to give sacrificially. Remember, somebody gave sacrificially for you to hear. If you also sacrifice, more people we hear, this mandate will be carried out. We have prayed by faith, we have received that money, and we have prayed for you. You have ideas, you have favor, you have connections, you have new openings to make more money, and together we will see this mandate carried out. I didn't hear a powerful amen. So if you are watching online, on television, and you want to be part of these givings, the email address to write to is Damina at yahoo.com. When you send us a mail, we will send you the proper accounts to pay to. We don't want to do fundraising online. So send us a mail so that nobody takes advantage of you. We don't want people to start writing you. We don't write letters to anybody. So any day you see somebody send you a message as Abel Damina, give me money. It's a thief. Because we don't do it at all. If we're going to ask you for money, we'll send you, ask you to send a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. That's the only email that has that that defeat that, that those words when you send us the email we will send you a letter with our letter headed paper with phone numbers for confirmation and even the accounts bear the name of this ministry so so that nobody takes advantage of you 
And I want to thank those of you who have already sent in mails. And those of you that are going to be sending in mails today. And all of you in the house that have made commitments to that, to that project. And even in this service, those who are not available to make the commitment will give you that opportunity like we're giving people online. But I want you to know, we thank God for every one of you. We love you and it's always a joy to work together with you and serve the purpose of God together with you. In the second service, I'll take time to acknowledge all our very wonderful, sacrificial, committed coordinators of campuses all over the world that are here. And a lot of our people that came from different parts of the world. It's been a wonderful week. I feel like it shouldn't finish. Like we should just start again today. But there is work waiting for us. So let's go and walk. We'll come back again. We'll come and enjoy. We'll go back again. Somebody shout, I hear you. Alright, get out your, your honor offerings. Let's give in faith. Let's rejoice together as we honor Christ this morning. Glory to God. Honor offerings, those of you giving, wherever you, you're giving around the world, online, the banking details are scrolling, television, the banking details are scrolling. Thank you again for giving and helping us to do all that we do for the kingdom of God. Lift up your offerings, Father. We give in faith. We give with joy. We rejoice that we have this opportunity to fellowship and to love you with our giving. Thank you for grace and the blessing. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Pastor Dan Tutu from Abuja Campus. Let's hit it and show it as we... You have made me a sanctuary Pure and holy Tried and true With thanksgiving Now I'm a living Sanctuary for you. You have made me a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Whoa! Now I'm a living sanctuary. Come on, everybody! Oh, you have made me. Sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Oh, we thanks, we thanks. Now I'm a living sanctuary. Come on, everybody. Woo! You have met me a sanctuary. Pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. Now I'm a living sanctuary for you, for you, Lord. You have met me, tried and true. Is a life of Christ in me. 
life that I have is alive, oh God. This life that I have is alive, oh God, in me. This life that I have is alive, oh God. This life that I have is alive. Woo! This life that I have. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody, this life that I have is a life, is a life. Oh, this life that I have is a life. Whoa, Zoe, 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 Zoe.
she kept asking me, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, even me, I don't know. And within two days, she made magic. She made a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then there are people who made substance to the occasion. We thank you. We appreciate you. Your presence as well. Those who gave in time, those who gave in energy, those who, everyone, you know, the Lord knows you. And he knows how to reward you. And he knows how to comfort you. He knows how to make you happy. Amen. Amen. My duty this morning is to get our kingdom investments and our general offering. I want to remind us again that make it a point that every time there's a call for offerings, you give to the point of making an impact. You don't give just to fulfill all righteousness. You give because you see the need. You believe in this ministry. You believe in the cause. And you give, you know, according to what you have, yet it makes an impact. Amen. Always have that in mind. And you want to do that, it's not about the, it's not about the figures. You listen to your spirit. Sometimes you, are, you may have to give sacrificially. Sometimes you may have to give in totality. But you listen. And when you listen, it definitely makes an impact. Amen. So those of us that have our kingdom investments today, let's take it out. And the rest of us, let's get out our general worship offering today and give thanks. Let's rise on our feet. Thank you, Jesus. That we're making the kingdom of God come in the hearts of men and women across the world is a privilege. It's a responsibility as well. We don't make light of it. Amen. Raise your offerings up to heaven. Let's speak to the monies in your hands. Command them to go make habitations in the hearts of men as the gospel is taken to them. Thank you, Father. Thank you because this sacrifices we make must certainly bring forth fruits for the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. As we go our ways as well, we know and we see all our needs met and provided for. Thank you for this privilege and this calling that we have. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Anywhere on the altar according to order. There is no name so sweet. Like Jesus, name. like Jesus' name, He is the Son of God, of God. who rose again. again. There is no name so sweet, 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 like Jesus' name. Like Jesus' name, He is the Son, Son of God, who rose again. I love this part. Hallelujah! Come on, if you're victorious, let me hear you.
One more time. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hallelujah. Can I hear a shout of rejoicing? this what has washed away my sins let me hear you say it and what has made me whole again so everybody if you believe oh savior made me white as low no other no other no no We declare, oh, yeah, that made me, that made me white as no, no, I nothing, nothing, one more time. watching online we're going to sign you off right now we want you to know we love you you don't want to miss the impartation service at 11 a.m gmt plus one wherever you're watching around the world get more people to be part of the service and have a wonderful morning and we connect with you shortly let's celebrate our viewers online this 